What does Australia's next generation of young leaders have to say about the future of India-Australia relations in a post-COVID world? And how do Indian scholars, scientists, practitioners and students factor in? You're listening to Shared Visions, the podcast that spotlights the Australian government's new Colombo plan and gets to the heart of these questions. Today, we speak with Andrew Fong, a program officer at the Western Sydney University, and Neeta, who's a teacher at the Akanksha Foundation in Mumbai. My name is Andrew Fong. Um, I graduated from Bachelor of Business, uh, International Business at Western Sydney University, uh, and I was part of the new Colombo plan in 2006. Um, I was fortunate enough to receive a grant um, uh, to travel over to India in Mumbai, where I was interning at the Akanksha Foundation, a not-for-profit organization, um, predominantly looking at um, you know, providing education for the less fortunate. And that's where I guess I met Nita. I had the pleasure of meeting her. She was my supervisor and uh, it, was, it was a great experience over there actually. And um, we were lucky enough over the years with the, with the help of the internet uh, to stay connected and you know, once, a, once in a while, uh, be there and say, hey, how are you doing? Uh, what's life like? Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I, I, I can talk forever. Um, but, um, currently I'm, I'm working for my university, um, as a program officer, uh, having previously done international engagement with the international office, uh, you know, focused on internet, the Indo-Pacific region. Um, so I, I think it's very relevant that, um, that I guess we're, we're talking about the India, Australia relations today. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. What about you, Nita? Um. My name is Nita Sherla. I have started my journey in Akanksha uh, 2006. I did three years fellowship, teacher fellowship. Then I taught in uh, different schools and centers from the same organization where we believe that, uh, that uh, education is for less privileged kids, especially the one who mm-hmm. are suffering uh, for them actually the founder, Shine Misri, she has started this. Even I believe in education, that with education only, we can change ourselves and society. Uh, so, yeah, that's how uh, I met uh, Andrew. Mm-hmm. He was a volunteer in a school and he used to come to my class every day. So, he used to help so in, with me in the teaching, especially so when we teach. Yeah. He had small groups. So introduction part is done when we do IP, individual practice. Mm-hmm. That time we, we should sit with uh, small groups. It can be 10 uh, children or 12 children. So in that, Andrew used to help us. So he used okay. to take one group and sit with them and explain them how to do that. Then kids would do with themselves without any help. So that's how oh, he okay. used to help us. And kids were absolutely fine with him being in the class. Like they are not scared and he was friendly. And also he used to help uh, in making teaching gates for the school and for basically my class. And we used to share a lot about the education system and how does it go. So, yeah, I that's how I know him and we are still in contact. Yes, we do share about us. I am still yeah. focusing in uh, Akanksha schools only. Okay, so so you teach, uh, what what do you teach and uh, how old are the kids you're teaching? At I teach kindergarten kids. Okay. 
so they are three and half to four and half and four and half to five and half. Okay, yeah. So uh, Andrew, it sounds like you, you know, you had a very, um, you know, also judging by the the responses you wrote into us, uh, you had a very, uh, I would say, personal experience uh, working with Akansha and working with Nita in this educational setting. Uh, yeah, just tell me a little bit more about your experience and you know what your what your day to day was like, what what it was like to be a part of the program in India. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I was very lucky actually to receive the program and uh, the, the the funding to go over there to India. And uh, when I first was in 2016, it was my very first time uh, mm-hmm. when I was when I you know entered into India. It was I wasn't exactly sure what I was uh, getting myself into. Um, uh, having traveled around Asia a lot, but never to India, uh, I did talk to a lot of my friends and say, hey, I'm going to India. A lot of my Indian mm-hmm. friends here in Australia, and they say, mate, you, you absolutely love it. Make sure you tell them who you support in the cricket, um, which was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I once I got into, um, I think, I, I can't, my apologies, I can't remember exactly what the international airport is called in Mumbai, um, the official oh, name. Oh, Shivaji. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, yeah. When, when I did arrive there, a lot of the, yeah. I think the the national guide or or the, the police, they, they they did talk mm-hmm. to me and they, they did joke around, um, and and mm-hmm. it was it was good fun. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, and to answer your question, going into the everyday life, um, I was lucky enough to you know stay um, with fellow students from Western Sydney University and and we all went through the different culture shocks and the different uh, emotions together and firstly I think it would have to be the curries um, the the butter chicken uh, it is a lot more spicy than what it is in Australia uh, I, I, I must admit <laughs> Uh, I often go to Australian uh, Indian restaurants and I'll say, so So in Western Sydney, actually, where I live, there's this amazing place in Harris Park, the suburb. Um, amazing uh, butter chickens. I'll always go there. Um, and I'll say extra, extra spicy and then it will be completely fine. And this time I went with these <laughs> students and I told I told, uh, I told the waiter, hey, I'll, I'll love it to be extra, extra spicy. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it should be fine. And I, I remember when I came back, I was sweating. It feels though. Oh, I think, yeah, you walked right into that one. Yeah, I think yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was one of the many stories. But um, but yeah, uh, the everyday life, I think it's, it's – I wish I could go back, really. Um, the people mm-hmm. are amazing, um, so friendly, and especially – if they know that you're from um, not not from India, um, they're very open, and I think one of the beauty, one of the most beautiful things in in life is traveling, and I think India has to be on the bucket list for for everybody, um, especially mm-hmm. going there to do like a volunteering experience or whatnot, and uh, to really understand the people and the culture. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm talking a lot, but I to answer your question yeah. about <laughs> um, you know the everyday life, I, I base, basically you know going on. To the internships and every day, um, I'll wake up, you know, uh, in the hotel and and sometimes actually Nita has well, she was really good because uh, sometimes I walk up to class um, in the internship wearing shorts uh, and then she'll say, oh no, Andrew, you can't do this exactly and uh, mm-hmm. it's these little things uh, about culture and about um, you know cross cultural understanding and and stuff like this that really you know stays with you for a long time and I, I think in my future work as well. Uh, with the university and, and as a new combo plan alumni ambassador i start to utilize the stuff that i've learned overseas and i think uh, this experience was very much uh, crucial to my development like things like cultural sensitivity in the in the classroom and so on you know i think some of it tends to get misunderstood 
by a lot of people who might come into India on an exchange program, especially when they're teaching. Because uh, for me, I don't see it as much of a, it's not that it's a cultural, uh, it's not about, it's not really even about cultural sensitivity. It's just a completely different approach to teaching altogether, right? And you wouldn't get that experience and you wouldn't understand that firsthand unless someone like Nita would come up to you and tell you directly or you were directly placed like, you know, headfirst into a classroom. And I think that's really the, it's the best way. <clears throat> it's the best way to, um, to get a to get a good understanding really quickly, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I was I was uh, eager to talk to both of you, uh, especially because you know you you know Andrew right now you're working as uh, working for your university and Nita you're a teacher you're both kind of in this education space, and uh, I think education more than anything has really really evolved and had to adapt so in so many different ways in the past uh, six or seven months because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And, um, as, uh, you know, and I, you know, I know some of the details, you know, for example, I, I have one of my mother's friends is a third grade teacher and she tells me about, oh, you know, I'm on Zoom with like 15 kids and their parents and, you know, it's, it can get very chaotic. It can get very difficult uh, to conduct good pedagogy uh, online and remotely. Uh, so I, I'm just curious, uh, Nita. You know, as a as a teacher, like how how has your work changed over the last few months? Has it changed at all? How how have you adapted? Uh, just give me a, just give me a little bit of uh, backstory on that. So actually, when uh, my principal told that we are going to start the school and that is also virtual school, I was little tensed. The first thing mm. is I'm not so good in technical. Though uh, my work is, but uh, it is not as much as like another school to you. Like, right. mostly I believe in uh, like project works and hands-on activities. So whatever mm. I do in the class has hands-on activities. So I don't use technology much. I use only sometimes. So I was really, really worried about it, how I'm going to conduct. So mm. I was, before that, uh, I was trying to take the Zoom class with my friends to just to make sure that am I taking the class properly or not like my friends are my students and I was taking a practice that it was not easy for me from like taking from the home surroundings mm. uh, all noises so many yeah. things sometimes the mm -hmm. current goes off sometimes mm -hmm. network doesn't work mm -hmm. sometimes technical issues laptop does not work it is not easy mm -hmm. but it is manageable mm -hmm. Mm. And the most thing that also worked is Akansha also believes in relationships. Mm. So we have a strong relationship with the community, with our parents. Mm. Right. So that helped us a lot to bring mm. it back. Today I have 40 students in my class from junior KG to senior KG, but out of 40, 30 are present almost every day. It is workable. But if mm -hmm. I compare, uh, we really need to be like, uh, those are small kids. Even being in the class also, sometimes they don't pay attention. Mm. We need to call them yeah. at all. But mm -hmm. this is much better. Like it is it is said, something is better than nothing. Yeah. So and I, I think as, as time goes on, maybe, I don't know, you know how long it'll be like this, but yeah. maybe as time, maybe as time goes on, we'll become a bit more adapted to being online and being in school, right? Because especially since you teach young kids, it must be so, I don't know, it, it must be 
is it difficult to you know keep their attention keep things in control uh, you know like there's probably a lot of difficulties in that sense right and you don't believe some of the kids are so confident now to talk yeah that's cool yeah, yeah. Mm. that is mm. one thing and some kids if i take the name if they are ronak actually mm. i also have ronak in my class one of my students name oh okay <laughs> he's so talkative yeah. so, <laughs> so if i say the name they then just yeah. mute and unmute oh okay but four to okay. five years old kids it is not easy to understand something from the mobile and mute and unmute themselves mm-hmm. they do it in a positive right. note it is there but in in the i won't say negative but there are some kids because of the mobile because of network issue uh, because they have gone to their village and there they don't right. network yeah it's not as accessible the the software yes. so yeah. those kids are not getting the education we have started in june so june mm. july august september since four months they have not learned anything mm. in the good part yes these kids are learning these kids are becoming confident they are learning every day and all in the other part those kids are suffering so mm. it, it has both good and bad even today mm. i can say i am happy because i have learned so many things and uh, andrew tell, tell me a little bit about how your work has kind of evolved But before i ask that actually so i just want to clarify so do you work for the new colombo plan oh no are no you... so um i i was um an, an alumni ambassador for the new colombo plan Um, okay. And this is uh, a volunteer role. Um, Got it. Okay. Yeah, um, a, a little bit different to to Nita, I guess on on the different spectrum where Nita looks after a lot of the little kids. Um, my my stuff is with Western Sydney University, a lot older, um, and my role predominantly uh, as a program officer. I manage a leadership program uh, for high achieving students, where whereby once they finish it, it gets listed on their official transcript, um, and, and it has been very difficult because predominantly this role. Uh, is face to face and community um, engaging, engage a lot of internal and stakeholder engage um, engagements in terms of you know um, trying to link up um, these high performing students with mm. uh, networking opportunities, with you know um, professional development um, activities and so forth. So um, I found myself quite struggling, I have to admit, um, early on in in my role because um, we had to transition everything onto on, onto this online platform, and then we all know how buggy right. that that sometimes gets, and and of you course. know the confusions behind. Uh, for myself as well, not coming from an IT background, a lot of my mates they they always say, Andrew, you're you're hopeless with this, and I kind of went open. I think the mm-hmm. other day uh, I was doing this podcast as well uh, for for my work, and and I couldn't edit a video, or I couldn't short it. I couldn't shorten that, and I was upload. I tried to upload it onto YouTube, and then one of my colleagues was saying, "Hey, mate, just just go onto Windows, right click it, and then you can just trim it like just on your desktop. <laughs> you, you don't have to go into the YouTube Studio itself." But yeah, yeah. But yeah, these little things are difficult, and I have to admit. Um, but one thing I have to say is that our, our our generation, I think future generations as well, with the increasing implementation of you know digital technology. Um, I think I'm quite surprised um, how fast you know the future, the emerging generation are in terms of you know how um, how how equipped they are and advanced they are in technology, and I think mm-hmm. that's that's a growth sector. I mean, data, you know, AI, so forth, and this this little stuff in terms of transitioning to COVID uh, online. Yeah. I think it's 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 easy stuff for them, given that they've Definitely. been exposed to it for a long time. 
Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I hear you on the fact that there's a bit of a learning curve for us all, you know, because it's it's something that we couldn't have predicted and we are having to adapt because just because we have to and not because we want to. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more that the, the future generations, younger kids, like, you know, closer to the age range that Nita is teaching, uh, you know, the older they get, they're digital natives. You know, I mean, yeah, they're, right. uh, the, the using technology is is not it's not even a separate activity from learning anymore because it's part and parcel of learning it's part and parcel of communication it's not they're not two separate things anymore so i think as time goes on uh the adaptation will be faster and more more than that also there might be some advantages to it that we'll uncover over time and especially as far as education is concerned uh because we can leverage we can leverage the internet and you know remote classes and and all of this and in interesting ways but uh yeah I, I guess that brings me to a good segue which is like talking about technology in, in this space in general you know both of you mentioned when writing to us that you know india and australia when we're talking about both of our countries working together in this space uh you know the new colombo plan obviously is a part of that by sending uh scholars from india to uh, uh, sending scholars and professionals from australia to india if australia and india were to work together in the education space, especially if Australia and India were to come together and implement some technology uh, or, you know, some kind of new uh, approach, uh, what would that kind of look like from both of your guys' perspectives? Or, you know, like, for example, Nita, as a teacher at the Akanksha Foundation, uh, what is one kind of resource or, you know, one guiding tool that you would really, uh, that you would really love and you would really uh, uh, find useful or valuable uh, as a teacher from, you know, Australia, from India-Australia relations? Some projects, right now, physically doing this not possible, so maybe some projects which students can work with directly students and also students can work with the community and people that can really help them. Mm. So, like, I have taken my organization because we directly work with the kids and we also directly work with the parents. So some of the programs are there to work with the parents, some with children and some with alumni. Mm -hmm. So overall we work with different ages kids and also with the parents. So if if Australian uh, government maybe should tie up with the organizations or with some of the communities or students and extend mm -hmm. knowledge that would be great older uh, you know indian and australian students can definitely work to work in tandem uh especially talking about educational spaces like yours where it's younger kids uh i think the the most incredible thing would be for older students to be teaching younger students or older students who already have uh, a certain kind of experience in a classroom they know you know they know how to teach they know how to impart knowledge uh, if those kinds of uh, students were to teach younger students, I think that would actually lead to a really interesting ecosystem of knowledge. In terms of education, um, and we're talking about integration with technology, um, it's no it's no secret that India has immense talent in this space, um, with the likes of you know Infosys uh, entering Australia not too long ago as well, collaborating um, with the Australian Open not too long ago. I think in the I think last year or the year before, actually, and, and it was a massive success. Um, and I think recently, uh, actually a couple of months ago, I believe the Honourable um, 
Prime Minister Moody and the Honourable Prime Minister Morrison came came together to sign a comprehensive strategic partnership that focuses on a variety of areas, one of them being, you know, technology, science, startup, and, and so forth. And I think there's incredible, incredible space for us to collaborate here um, with Australia, potentially, um, you know, providing that, that funding and then also collaborating where there's there's almost that cross uh cross-national uh, uh, but bilateral um, exchange in terms of uh, knowledge uh, and, and expertise. And I think uh, it would be great for us to really, I think, build on that relationship um, around, you know, cybersecurity, given that we mentioned earlier the increasing, um, you know, use of technology in our everyday lives. Uh, this is a space that I think uh, our two countries, India and Australia, can really form a strong partnership in. And I think it's, it's an exciting space, actually. Nita, I just wanted to ask, you know, uh, what, uh, you know, what, what does the, the rest of the year, but also just the future in general, look like for Akansha Foundation? I'm just curious, you know, with the pandemic, uh, you know, every, I mean, I, I've, I've grown, I've grown up in Bombay, so I, I'm aware of like the work that you guys do as an organization and it's very important, very critical work for the city. So we have started our classes with Zoom and some of the uh, classes are doing mm -hmm. with Edmodo and uh, mm -hmm. Classroom Meet with Google Apps, they are doing. So right now we can't say anything because government has mm -hmm. hasn't said anything so far but we are trying to keep our children engaged and give them education right. as much as we can so obviously it's not in our hand but what is in our mm -hmm. hand we are trying to do like it can be homework giving them homework giving them projects like just now i shared about the mm -hmm. fancy dress show so nothing can stop even it is pandemic it's okay it will mm -hmm. not happen the way it has to but it is happening. Yeah. To be honest, I really don't know the big yeah. picture, but as much I know, we will be yeah, we will be supporting the parents, mm -hmm. we will be supporting the children. Yeah. And you know, and having worked with Andrew in the past, you know, since as he came in, you know, as a foreign exchange student, uh, you know, to be a, a teacher for a while in a classroom, uh, do you think uh, how do you think Akansha and the classroom really benefited from that experience? Is that something that you guys would want to do more of in the future? Sure, definitely we would like to do because the kids will see more places, more people that is also help them to socialize. When I was a child, I never used to talk to strangers. But if they get the habits in childhood, they will be more yeah. confident. It can be the person from Australia, it can be from Canada, it can be from America. It does not matter. So I feel and also they will get to know about the culture. Like, he was very respectful when he was in the class. I'm not saying Indians are not, but they also see the different cultures, like uh, not only Indians, yeah. also other country people. And also they will get to uh, used to of different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and exposed at an early age, which is which is really good. You know, having participated on a number of experiences during overseas during my studies, I strongly encourage everyone to think, you know, in the Pacific, especially India. It's it's a massive area of growth, um, and do this not only for your personal and professional development, but also, you know, if thinking strategically, it's for Australia's strategic future. It's it's a critical time mm -hmm. at the moment, uh, as power shifts in the region, um, you know, are too large to ignore. You know, economically, politically. 
the dynamics of culture and strong relationships will play a significant role, actually, and and no doubt it will affect um, you know the the international um, you know standing for Australia. And I think uh, Australians, as young people, uh, and through the generosity of programs such as the New Combo Plan, uh, we are able to go out there, forge people-to-people connections, and these relationships ultimately uh, will shape our future and, and our place in the world. And I think you never know um, where a, a, a partnership can go, who you might meet, and, and the opportunities are very much limitless. And I think um, everyone, um, basically from, from every background, however old you are, I highly encourage you to go overseas and you know explore explore outside of your bubble a little bit and i think australia we're very lucky to be in a uh, a developed world a developed country and i think uh, sometimes we take things for granted and i think myself mm. included um and mm. india is a great place to you know find yourself and i think um you'll always be a, be part of my uh, uh, india will always be you know uh, a, a special place in my heart and i think um you know, thank you to the new combo plan and, and thank you to Nita and also for yourself, Renat, for, for you know unlocking our, our memories again. And it's uh, it's been it's been awesome.